Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Soccer Scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again this evening by Noel O'Connor. Uh, Noel, as I said uh, previously to Ed Ryan on the, the Limerick Junior uh, Soccer Focus, normally we have a, a plenty to review from last weekend. Unfortunately, in the case of Treaty United, we don't have much to review because the game between Treaty and Watford at the Marks Field that was scheduled for last Friday was cancelled uh, due to the torrential rain that fell uh, throughout the week and obviously on Friday then, which put pay to it. I did actually, on my way uh, down through Gary Owen, at the time Noel went in at around quarter five to the Marks Field and the inspection, the pitch inspection had just started at that time, um, you didn't need to be a rocket scientist no, to work out that this game was going to be off. The referee lifted the ball in the air, threw it in the ground, it stuck, and there were splatters of water everywhere. So we all knew, uh, or those in attendance knew fairly lively, that that game was going to be cancelled. Um, you know, I know there was a, a bit of ribbon on social media that it was the only game cancelled. But, you know, from the weather on Thursday evening coming in Friday morning and Friday afternoon, it was fairly clear that it was going to be an uphill struggle to get the game on. I think so. I think Alan Patchell is it, or the Patchell got to mention the conspiracy theorist had it that he actually uh, poured water on the pitch <laughs> to stop the treaty game going forward. So there was a lot of cons uh, conspiracies going around. All right, but yeah, I suppose something has changed in that pitch. Um, you know, from you know we go back twenty or thirty years certainly, where you could have had a flood of rain and within an hour or two. I think I was told when when I was a young flip, which wasn't there yesterday, there was flint under that pitch and it, it was great for you know for taking moisture and I probably with the revamping of it probably that part of it is gone now so it certainly does succumb to heavy rain like if you do get heavy rain on the day of a match I think uh, you know the chances of the game going ahead are, are kind of slim and in fairness there was torrential rain on Friday you know you'd even be shocked by the ferocity of it yeah. Um, coming there maybe raining for 15 or 20 minutes five or six times there on Friday I think at three o'clock I started to doubt whether the game would go ahead and you, I think within an hour or so, I think that you contacted me and uh, confirmed that it was very unlikely to go ahead. So it was disappointing. Um, and I think it was disappointing for Treaty. Um, we did say that it wasn't the worst time for them to to meet Waterford. Um, obviously, Treaty having their own troubles, but still, you know, we said barred the last 10 or 15 minutes against that loan. They had acquitted themselves quite well and been, and been 2 nil up. Whereas uh, a different kind of pressure in Waterford and certainly their season hadn't got off to a great start. And uh, subsequently, as we heard, um, the, they part of company with their manager today. So That was an interesting one, wasn't it, Noel? Because I know, obviously, look if you look at their league, they're, they're fifth right now, but there's five games gone, two wins, two draws and a defeat. Um, Danny Searle sacked uh, today by Waterford. Um, I suppose, were you surprised by, by those events? I was a bit surprised maybe that it's happened so soon. Um, I think I would have mentioned to you, like, they didn't seem to prepare as well as they should have, I thought, for the start of the season, losing a couple of really big uh, players. We knew Phoenix Patterson was gone, but then when Junior Caterno went, you know, maybe a week or two before the, the start of the season. But, but what really surprised me was the fact that there was, I made out, certainly in the first game, at least three or four of last year's strong players um, not starting the season because they were in such fantastic form at the back end of last year, bar obviously the, the UCD game. But we, we got a chance to see them three times, I think, in um, in a short space of time against Treaty. And they were certainly on fire. You know, we, we did see them in, against Galloway in the playoff as well. And maybe the scoreline flattered them, but they still managed to get the three goals. But I noticed, say, at the start, at the first game this season, that Niall O'Keefe wasn't playing and he was like an ever-present nearly last season. Mm -hmm. Kind of the link between the the defense and the attack, 
Um, Shane Griffin didn't start. <laughs> Another very enterprising midfielder with a very good left foot and a very inventive player for them. And Sobawale uh, didn't start either. And I, I like they, they weren't injured or some of them were subs and some of them weren't. And I just felt that, you know, maybe things weren't as, as pretty as from the inside as it looked. If you like um, looking in, because they were three players that were at the top of their game at the back end of last season. And, you know, then you were down to maybe five or six of last season's ending team not starting. And uh, you felt, you know, that they certainly would have had an uphill battle maybe to get back into that rhythm that they had at, at the end of last season. But obviously a lot more going on that, that meets the eye. I think there's an astronomical amount of managers gone through there. I think someone told me today, I'd nearly be afraid to say how many, just in case I was wrong since about 2020, but certainly hitting double figures. That's incredible, really. And um, I suppose I, I looked at it and, and I said, okay, fair, fair enough. They've had a stop start uh, to the season, but, you know, in terms of actual form, it's not so bad. One loss in, in, in five and it was worse under Ian Morris and, and maybe let go a bit longer. Now, maybe that's, Part of the the reasoning, Nolan, that they left it a lot longer last year uh, with Ian Morris, and it probably cost them, you know, an actual title challenge. And because there is part of you know, you look at the table, and do you think there might have been a bit of panic, Nolan, that they look at it now, maybe one game less played, but they're ten points behind Galway already? Do you think that was uh, part of the reasoning for that? I think there's no doubt about that. I think with the start that Galway have had, um, and that points gap already, I think maybe if there was a couple of draws thrown into that Galway, um start of the season and the gap was a bit tighter I'd say yeah. you know they might have held fire but they're certainly drawn on the experience if you like a last year as well because probably if they had maybe even a game or two sooner if they part a company with Ian Morris as it transpired maybe they could have won that league because they weren't they weren't that far away at all with uh with two or three games to go if they'd had another maybe four points and you gotta think as well like if those four extra points maybe came against Cork or or Galway drawn matches maybe that they would have lost early in the season. Well, then, like, it's kind of a, a double whammy. It, it, it's a minus two for Cork and it's a plus two for you. So so that gay, or that gap really, really closes. It's a funny one as well, Noel, isn't it? Because, you know, if Waterford... Do you think the decision was made before the treaty game? Because do Waterford go to Maxfield, win 4-0, and does Danny Searle keep his job then? Not saying that that would happen, like, yeah. you know, but just, you know, no, hypothetically, of course. Yeah, and I think it was unlikely to happen, to be honest with you. I, I, as I said, I did mm. really fancy Treaty for a result. And, you know, it's just a disappointing thing. I would have said even like when they went to Galway that they were probably better to meet Galway early in the season because they looked like a team that were really going to really rev up and drive on. And they certainly have done that since. Um, But, you know, it'll be a midweek game now. And if Waterford get a new manager bounce, you know, like they did last year, mm. even with the interim managerial change when David Breen went in. I think they went on a fantastic run um, after that. Maybe, you know, they'll be probably a bit stiffer opposition. So I I doubt maybe that, I think it probably gave them more time to think about it. Obviously, there was there was rumblings in the background and maybe the fact that that game was off just maybe, get, maybe gave them a chance to get a clear head and they probably decided that now was the time to do it just to give them a bit of time before the next game. Absolutely. I was also thinking from a treaty point of view, and all about that game being postponed. I was thinking of, of both sides of the coin. So on one side, you have maybe an extra week for the likes of Willie Armshaw, Dean George and Success Erdogan to come back in without having a game. Um, and, you know, because of the form of the side, 
would an extra week off benefit them, you know, on the training pitch the next week without having a game? Uh, but you're firmly in the, the belief that maybe, you know, it would have been a, a positive thing for them to actually have that game because they may have got a result. Yeah, I think they may have got a result. And look, when you have an experience like they had in, in Athlone, like the, the best way to get over that is is, 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 is is to play your next game, you know, and it's still their last game, even though it is it will be a couple of weeks ago. You know, I'm sure a few of them had real nightmares about that. And normally when you have a, a game like that, you, you're, you you know, you're kind of counting down the days for your next game so you can kind of put it into the rearview mirror. But uh, look, I, I think you're right. I think there's an upside as well. Um, hopefully they've taken the opportunity maybe to get a couple of hard sessions into lads. Um, we did speak last week about, you know, one of the worrying things is 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 the late goals that, that they're conceding it may or, or may or will not be down to fitness but maybe if they get a chance to do a, a couple of hard sessions like this week and last week I should say and early this week before before the next game you know they could bring that up a notch and I, I, I think that would be important for them um, going into Friday night Yeah absolutely and obviously you'd imagine maybe there might be a difference in shape Noel I'm not so sure obviously two weeks since they played at loan now in an away game do you think that the shape would be quite similar because you know obviously William so I was down to start against that loan, but Stephen Christopher came in and played off in the current in that um game uh, as well. So do you think it'll be a case of having Inda up top again, much like last season, uh, with the likes of Stephen Christopher uh, supporting him from deeper? Or Dean George, I think you're right. Look, in fairness, and we said a success like the last two games, he's quitted himself quite well, even against Cove in the wide areas. Certainly has done enough to to mirror the place next week. Um going back to one of his former clubs again, you know, we always say that. You often get a little bit more from from a player playing playing against his old club, and I think in fairness, I thought Connor Connor Barry did did quite well on the left as well. It was one of his better games so far. Um, and again, he's going up against one of his former clubs as well. Um, obviously, there's no doubt, but Ender Curran, if he's fit, will certainly start, and it's about who's who who's playing off him. Um. I thought it was one of Stephen Christopher's games, you know, and look, he he would have admitted himself about being needing to play more more consistently. It's just that, you know, the game seemed to pass him by a lot in that, you know, we didn't see a lot of him, particularly in the first half. And look, that generally doesn't happen two games in a row. So um, I, I think that front four has a kind of a, a feel to it now. If if they go in the third game in a row with the same or similar, I, I think it'll, it'll, it'll do them good. And I think they have a real chance as well on, uh, on Friday night. I actually, because the treaty game was off, I... Uh, I got the the lucky dip draw to watch Bray and um, and Wexford, you know, which was quite a good game to watch. Uh, it was three two, so there was plenty of good um, plenty of good football in it. A couple of really good goals, but I thought um, Bray took over the second half. They went three two up, and I thought they had two or three more really really good chances that they could have even finished off the game, maybe four two or five two winners. And I didn't. I thought. That Wexford were a bit rudderless, for want of a better word. They didn't seem to have any shape or purpose about them in the last 20, 25 minutes. Created one half chance maybe to get a an equaliser, which would have been very lucky. But Bar, you know, I think their midfield is quite good. Um, they passed the ball around quite well. But uh, other than that, they they didn't seem to be a massive threat. And I think that uh, it's it's a game that really have a good chance of getting something out of. And it's uh, it's a ground that they've done quite well on in the last couple of seasons as well. 
I actually had proposed to, to watch the, the Bray Wexford game, but due to my lack of patience, Noel, I think the first maybe 10 to 15 minutes were shrouded by the, the conditions and the camera being blocked a lot by the by the, the water. So it did improve, obviously. I did look at it. So I ended up watching Finn Harps and Cove uh, later on in, in the evening because it was the best camera angle. But yeah, judging by that, you know, Wexford have had, like I said about Walford as well, kind of a stop start in terms of it looks like they might you know they win one game it looks like will they be able to pick up a, a couple of wins now in a row it's not happening then they might get a draw and a loss so it has been very inconsistent uh from wexford so and in fairness treaty's record uh with tommy barrett and his team against wexford since they've joined the league has been very good but i suppose on the other side of that noel considering the changes in in squads and league world every year you can only take one the season as it comes and you can't really go on history can you as well not really, but like we would have said this at the start of the year, a new manager, a new, a new backroom team, if you like, uh, a new committee, whatever you want to call it. You know, they have a lot to learn. You know, they've there's a lot of inexperience down there. Um, just because you bring in players, it doesn't guarantee success or consistency. We see countless examples of that. Like you know, the Athlone was it last season or the season before last, where they were tipped to uh, maybe to mount a title challenge and they started really well and then they faded out and mm. ended up second from the bottom. So, um, look, I just... Players there. I see um, Danny Furlong started and, yeah. you know, look, while he is a, a, a good player, he's certainly not the force he was maybe four or five seasons ago. I think there might be a bit of pressure there to, to have a couple of local lads on, on the team. You know, because it seems to be gone, you know, very Dublin-based there. So, um, look, they they have it all to do and they have their own pressures. And, uh, you know, I think Treaty are well capable of, of going down there and getting something. And I think anything, if they got a point or three points, I think they'd, they'd be very happy getting back on that bus with, you know, bringing something back to Limerick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, if you look at it from the... Point of view, like you were saying, all of, of the players that Wexford brought in, it's a player that played with him last year who's you know looked quite dangerous so far, you know, without setting the world alight in terms of Aaron Dobbs, who did score actually uh, for uh, Wexford against Bray. Considering maybe the struggles that Andy Spain and Anto O'Donnell have had, um, you know, maybe as a partnership early doors that we haven't seen it with Treaty in the in the three years, um, this it will be it will be a test for them, no doubt about it, if Aaron Dobbs does start, which I assume he will, to be honest. Yeah, I think it will. I think all, you know, most of the teams now have, you know, fairly recognisable players up front that are going to test the opposition centre has, maybe with the exception of Longford. But, um, you know, we've we've kind of said maybe it mightn't be a bad idea to put Mark Walsh back in there, you know, just for the bit of experience and just to stabilise that area of the pitch. You know, we are conceding too many goals, there's no doubt about that. Um, There seems to be a bit of cohesiveness coming in up front and hopefully that'll Goals will follow from that because obviously that was a struggle as well. But um, look, you need to maybe start tightening up at the back. And I think there is an option to play Ben O'Reardon in their centre half or Mark Walsh and maybe move Andy Spain out right back just because of his lack of experience. Not that he's had, you know, too many bad games, but, you know, Anto Donald missed a whole season last year and, you know, it hasn't started for him maybe as, as well as we'd like. He probably will play himself into a bit of form, but... While that's happening, you know, maybe a more experienced player next to him would be a great help, not just to him, but, uh, you know, to the team overall. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the message from from Tommy Barrett and, and his management team going into the game, Noel, uh, 
you know, obviously they, they haven't had a very good start to the season. Now, he did intimate that it would be a, a, their toughest season in, in the League of Ireland because of maybe the strength of the other squads uh, to date. But the other side of it is, you know, I assume Tommy Barrett won't want to be, he'll want to be treating this as a different separate game, particularly with the break. It's like a fresh start, effectively, because if you overhype the fact that, you know, you are desperate to pick up a point or, or three points, it can maybe have a negative effect and, and put too much pressure on the players. Yeah, look, they'll have their, you know, they'll feel their own bit of pressure. Um, mm. You know, they've had, like, since Friday at three o'clock to know that their next game is Wexford, you know, which is eight, eight or nine days. Um, they should be very fresh for it, as I said, um, very focused. And uh, as I said, I know that Wexford may well have strengthened their squad, but I, you know, I don't see, I didn't see a lot maybe that, that would give me a sleepless night, you know, because mm. Treaty have players as well that a lot of other teams would, like to have, you know to get their hands on obviously like in the current good yeah, cause struggles here yeah, you don't listen like, you know, well we keep on hearing about Tommy Tan about you know the players that other clubs have signed but like Treaty have the top goal scorer in the league and they've signed a mm. guy who who's actually won a first division medal you know with a professional Cork City side so look ev- yeah. every team in the league has a couple of you know if you like the marquee players and Treaty are are no different to that and that's the way that you know that first division goes but um look I think um, they they have a real good chance of 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 getting something out of the game and maybe getting their their season up and running properly. Yeah, I know that you mentioned um, Alec Byrne all there. Uh, you know he did play against that loan. A lot of people were were relatively impressed by him uh, against that loan. Uh, it's it's probably going to be. I, I assume he'll definitely be playing next to Mark Walsh realistically. Um, you know, and and I suppose a guy like that is who you know other players in the squad may look up to in a in a situation like this, Noel, because he is the only one in recent memory. You know, in the current we have as well from Athlone, but having a, a first division winners medal. Yeah, and I think you know it's no surprise maybe that the white players played a bit better because when you someone you know in the middle of the park who can who can get on the ball and and pass the ball. You know, it does. It certainly help, helps those wide players. You know, to get more possession. And look, I was just a bit surprised maybe that it took a couple of games to throw him in because it wasn't that anyone was tearing up trees, if you like, in the middle of the park. And you know, the sooner he gets into the team and gets a bit of game time and gets you know to know the nuances of the players around him, well, then the better he's going to be. And uh, I think I think it's fairly obvious he will start. You know, it's a big wide pitch, a very good pitch down there, and I think that. He he will become a very important player for for Treaty and probably should start every game from now on. You know, just to build a bit of confidence and build a bit of form and uh, and drive the team on. Yeah, one player we haven't mentioned much of, and you did mention that. Noel, even though the team may not have been in great form, um, is Shane Hallahan has played the last couple of games for for Treaty. Um, it's it's funny because normally when a team you know has had a loss or or uh, haven't been winning, you know, you, you blame the goalkeeper in some ways, but we really haven't seen uh, Shane Hallen. And in, in fairness, he made an unbelievably good save in a, against that loan as well, um, which, you know, obviously got them a, a point as well, as it turned out or as it transpired later in the game. Um, but, you know, it, it, it looks like he'll be the, the number one, uh, at, you know, a kind of win is injured at the moment. But, you know, in fairness, there is some, some good signs from him as well. No, I think he's been very good. He seems to be very... Uh... Very unassuming, if you like. Um, he he went in there very unfussy. Does he's done the basics really well for them? And as you said, like despite them conceding probably more than their fair share of goals, it's hard to pinpoint one where you said, well, the keeper could have done better there. And um, 
you know, from coming into a team like that that's struggling a bit, it's often a bit of a, a downer in terms of confidence for the keeper of what he's shown. He's, you know, his age, obviously he's played a lot of games, albeit maybe not at, at this level, but certainly has a kind of a a grounded way about him. And um, I think it's important that, that, that he's there at the moment. And hopefully if, if the rest of the team around him maybe can pick up a little bit, then um, we might start to see a few, uh, a, a few clean sheets. But I think that, Tommy's been lucky that that he's been able to turn to him like um with the keeper getting injured so early in in the season. Yeah, absolutely. And it has been mentioned on maybe another podcast or two, Noel, that um, you know, there, there's a lack of a lack of experience in, in the treaty squad. I would counter that, Noel, with, you know, like you said about Alec Byrne in the current you've Anthony O'Donnell, who would be relatively experienced considering his time at Cove as well, uh in League of World in terms, Ben O'Reardon. Uh, I know Mark Ludden's injured, but Lee Devitt's coming into his fifth season now <clears throat> at League of Ireland level. So maybe, I, I suppose, you know, you don't want the treaty players to get an easy cop out there that, you know, the team is inexperienced because maybe the squad is in terms of, you know, your Colin Connors and Martin Coughlin's coming off the substitutes bench. But the likes of, of the players you mentioned and Conor Barry, Stephen Christopher to add to that as well. It's an experienced team generally that treaty and either are sending out, to be fair. Yeah, and success as well. Sure, I think this possibly is his third season. I know he did a season with Wexford. Because what do you class is experience? Surely after two to three seasons at at a level, you are experienced. At it. Yeah, I think that's I I I think that's that's fair enough. And you're right. There's there, there's more than your fair share of experience in that group. Um, so I think there. I don't think that's a a factor in what's happened so far. I think a couple of players have been out of form. Um, there seems to be a couple of them come coming into form, and maybe they haven't got the rub of the green either. You know and they probably need to just get a little lucky break, if you like, or just get a, a a result and hopefully that they can, you know, build a bit of momentum. But it's certainly going to be an interesting year. And we keep on saying, look, things aren't going great at the moment, but at the end of the day, they have to get to fifth um, place, you know, which certainly is attainable, I think, every year. And uh, it might make the whole thing a bit more interesting. So, um, look, they're probably not luck look too far ahead but um they should look with a good a good degree of confidence for 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 the trip to Wexford on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose speaking of, of the race for the playoffs, you no know, one game that takes place this week uh in the race for the playoffs, but to stay in the top three in particular is Cove taking on Bray at St. Coleman's Park. Both of these sides have had decent starts. I mean I actually watched that Bray game as I said or sorry, Cove game, excuse me, as I said. And they were 2 0 down very early on. And I thought it was going to be one of those nights. Cove will say the long journey and all that. But they did show a lot of character <clears throat> coming back from two goals down uh, to draw to all in that game and bounce back from, from the Galway defeat. So it looks like they you know won't be going anywhere anytime soon. Anyway, um that that that'll be an exciting game, I'd imagine. I think it will. Um again, they certainly have improved. I suppose the only one that they didn't really compete and I heard was uh, the Galway game and the hmm. score was 2-0 but it was supposed to be a lot, a lot more than that say if, if if you were watching the game um, I have been impressed with Bray I, I think I thought that they would be in, in around that top three I thought they were very good on um, on Friday night as I said uh, they scored three goals they probably could have got a few more and uh, I think they'll be a real handful for Cove and I, it'll be a very interesting game and I suppose if I had to put my neck on the block I'd probably say that Bray could Come out of there with three points. 
Yeah, I know it does. It, it, it's going to be an interesting one. I probably agree with you. I think Bray may come out with it with the firepower uh, to get the victory in that one. Um, speaking of firepower and maybe lack of it, with all due respect to the two teams I'm going to mention here, no, uh, Longford against Kerry. Longford obviously struggling massively to score goals. They put in what would be, I suppose, a typical uh, away performance against Galway. We're actually, I suppose, sickened to see Darren Clark, their former winger, scoring the winner uh, on the night um, after a very good defensive display, to be fair to him, under Stephen Henderson. Struggling massively to score goals and all. Kerry, you know, 1-0 loss as well, uh, very late on against that loan. That would have very been very deflating for them, considering it looked like it was a draw written all over when uh, that late in the game. Hard to pick a winner from that one, although I'd have to say from, from home advantage, you think this could be where Longford get off the mark? Yeah, I think so, and... Um, I think it's it is going to be a real struggle this uh this year for Kerry. Um I wasn't that surprised maybe that at loan one. I suppose I was a little surprised that they only got one goal because I thought they, they had a real threat the week before um against Treaty in both halves, particularly the first half in fairness. Um I probably think that Longford just have the wear at all, maybe whether it's from a set play or whatever certainly to get a goal and if they do well the way they've been conceding so little it's, it's hard to see um a way back for Kerry but uh, certainly a low scoring game but I could certainly see Longford getting off the mark they obviously have a, a real a real good um there's a real good atmosphere there between the players you know because they're working so hard obviously and they're and there's and they're so hard to break down which means uh, that the spirit is good there and they'll certainly target this game for for three points yeah, absolutely. And I suppose on a, on a unrelated note, League of Ireland wise, Noel, our former co-commentator or co-host, if we want to call him that, Jason O'Connor, uh, received an award actually last week for, for over 10 years service as a development officer for the FEI, which actually came came to my attention way later uh, than, than he was actually awarded uh, or actually given the award um, or presented with the award. But definitely uh, congratulations to Jason there on, on the longevity and, um, you know, uh, it's a, it's a pity, obviously he's not still not still with us, but maybe one day we might see him back. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm I'm delighted for him. I know um, he'd be embarrassed for us talking about about <laughs> him winning awards, but look, listen, we're certainly delighted he got it, and it is well deserved. Um, he he certainly loves football, and you know he's 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 doing a lot of if you like, on scene work. I know he's done great work out in the county since he got there, and uh, look, it's just congratulations, and we certainly do miss him. Yeah, absolutely. And myself and Noel now will be rushing off to, to get to the kickoff for uh, the Republic of Ireland versus France, with France, excuse me, which we talked about uh, last week. So uh, thanks once again for everyone for joining us. And obviously we'll be back at the same time, hopefully next week, uh, to discuss all things 3D United and League of Ireland on the soccer scene. Thank you.